praise the Lord. I uh, sometimes like to tell you my personal experiences with just life in general, and uh, I will do that right now. <laughs> I had a hard time getting dressed this morning, I got to be honest with you. I couldn't find an outfit that just looked right. Marcus said I found it, so you can pray for me. I, I have to get my clothes ready the night before, or I don't sleep well. I know, that's crazy, right? Come on. Some people just get up and get dressed. Not me. I mean, if I'm working out tomorrow, i got to get my workout clothes ready. If I'm going in for early morning prayer, i got to get my prayer clothes ready. If I'm going for church, i can get my church clothes ready. I'm just weird that way, church. Pray for me. Somebody just intercede right now. And, and so this morning, I thought I knew what I was going to wear, and I, and I just couldn't figure it out. I thought it was right. And I got, you know, so I get dressed, and then I go get checked. It's just going to pass. And I get the thumbs up, thumbs like that, thumbs down. And it was kind of a thumbs like this, but I didn't feel good with my clothes. And so, again, apologize. I'm just being, like, I hate the word transparent. I'm being transparent. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just being real for a second, right? And so I'm getting, I'm getting there, though. I, I, I'll tell you what. I, and so... <clears throat> I've got these new pair of Under Armour, the rock training shoes that I wanted to wear, but I didn't think, like, that's not the right, like, I don't know, that's the right outfit or not. And so I tried on, because Marcus said in the, in the first service, and the Lord watched you put your shoes on today. Well, if he watched me, he saw me put on four different pair of shoes. <laughs> you know, he saw me put on my Yeezys, love my Yeezys, they just didn't, didn't look right. He saw me put on my Adidas, like my Adidas. Those two were gifts. Saw me put on Nikes. Those were a gift too. And so I, I'm going to put those, those Under Armour shoes on. And they're currently in my, right now, they're like my favorite pair of shoes to train in. And I thought, well, maybe the Holy Spirit's trying to teach me something. And he says, yes, finally, you got where I wanted to go. This is a training message. I want you to wear your training shoes and so I, I felt like there's something there that the Lord was trying to teach me. And so I wanted, can I train you today? Would that be okay if we just like, I'll be your personal trainer for a moment as we finish this prayer uh, series. It's, it, it's been, for me, it's been a remarkable series just to go back and relearn some things. You know, when the NFL players who are making, you know, 30, 40, 50 million dollars a year, they still have to go to training camp, right? And so it, sometimes in church, we still have to go through a training of, of sorts. So whether you're in-house or online, can we give our online viewers a hand of appreciation today? Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching, whether it's watching live right now, listening to the podcast, viewing later in the week. We, we appreciate you coming out. We appreciate you uh, longing to grow. And so we're going to train together today. I go uh, sometimes and work out with different people, and I, I like the camaraderie. Sometimes I work out by myself. Sometimes I work out with the grand boys. That's been a, a blast to work out and see and see the younger version of what I was like when I was 12 and, and 15, and they're miles ahead of, of me. And so what we want to do is learn from each other. We want to train each other, learn from each other, and then, you know, we, we, um, we say things, words of encouragement when we work out. Same thing when we come to church then. We want to look at somebody or look for somebody and ask how they're doing. It's community. It's camaraderie. It's, it's not just... I would say, Grace Church, let's not get in the habit of just coming in and going out. Let's stay for coffee or come early for coffee, grab a donut, and then ask somebody how their life is. Ask somebody how their, how their day is. Ask somebody how they're, how they're doing. I, I, if she, I don't know if she, Francis, just stand up for a second. I just, the Lord told me just, yeah, stand up. You, you're the only Francis I know. Give Francis just a, a hand of appreciation. Is there more Francis's? Is there other? Well, Jessica Francis, but that's Francis Francis. Francis, I just want to, the Lord's proud of you. The Lord's proud of you. I remember how you were when you first came. And I remember how you are. Now, you've been trained. The Holy Spirit has trained you in different ones. So thank you. Thank you for, for what you've done. That, 
If you if you knew Frances's story, it's just an amazing it's an amazing story. And uh, and she works in the church. She works in nursery, coffee shop. She's a faithful attender to Grace Church. And sometimes we don't give a shout out to those that the Holy Spirit. So I was just looking around. The Holy Spirit said, "You just give Frances a shout out today because it's she what you." Thank you for who you are in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. And thank you. And and listen, well-meaning saints of God had taken Francis under their wing and had encouraged her and coached her and mentored her. And now she's doing the same for other people. So thank you. uh, Thank you, Grace Church. But that's what church is. That's what church is about. So please don't rush in, rush out. Grab a cup of coffee and ask somebody how their day has been or how their week's been or, or did they get married recently or are they getting married recently in, the, in the near future or are they, what, what's going on in their life? This is what community is about, right? And so as we walk through this, this today, we're going to read out of James in just a moment, but we're, we're going to use a model. We're going to use a business model for a second. There's a matrix business model called the five P's. It's planning, it's processing, it's people, it's passion, and it's profits. That's why most people are in business for, for profit, okay? Unless it's a nonprofit, then that would be the idea of just kind of breaking even at the end of the year. And so I'll say it one more time. So you have to have a plan, right? You have to have a process. You have, to, you have people. That's community. You have to have a passion, all right? The passion will lead to a purpose, and then there will be profits along the way. The reason I say that is because I think King David shows us in the psalm, we'll read some out of psalms today, he shows us a 5P process of just spirituality, how to grow in Christ. We'll talk about them. James also gives us about four words, four takeaways in, in his book in the fifth chapter. James is Jesus' half-brother. They have the same mother, Mary, but not the same father. Of course, Jesus' father was God. Jesus is the only begotten, not created, because he always was. He always is. He always will be. He's the only begotten. What's that mean? That means that he came from the father, okay, because he always was. If you're created, a created being, like Adam and Eve, like we are, then we're created. So Jesus' brothers uh, James and John, Joseph and Jude, they were created, all right, just like the biological way. So the reason we say that is because now James had a firsthand look at what Jesus was like as a child, grew into adulthood, worked miracles. James didn't accept Jesus at first until after the resurrection from the, from the cross, and then he accepts him. Then he becomes the leader of the church. And we all say Peter was the leader, but technically James was, Acts 15 chapter. I say all that to say this, we look then at those men of God that went before us, that passed community onto us. James teaches us a strong story in the fifth chapter. Let's start with verse number 13. Can I get it up here? I know it's behind me, but I don't turn my back to everybody. So if we could get, I'll start though that way. Is any among you suffering? I'll read it in my scripture. Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. Father, help us today. Receive what you have for us. Receive the blessing of God. Open our hearts to hear and our minds to comprehend. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church said, amen. That's a powerful prayer. Think about what Elijah did. He stopped the heavens. Stopped rain for three and a half years. I mean, first of all, if we did that, it might go to our head. (laughs) You want it to rain? Yeah, I'll have it rain. You want it to stop raining? No, I'll have to stop raining. 
And then he prayed for rain. And as he was praying for rain, by faith, he said he sent his assistant out, go see if it's raining. Not yet. No, sir, it's not raining. Go see if it's raining again. No, not yet, sir, it's not raining. Go out again. Well, there is the cloud the size of a man's head. It's coming. Go tell the king. This rain's about coming. See, the matter of faith that he had was the matter of faith that he prayed for. And when we pray with faith, not out of fear, although sometimes we have trepidation or anxiety, we're anxious. God, are you going to work this out? We just need to say, God, when are you going to work this out? Or God, how are you going to work this out? Not, God, are you going to work this out? Because if you trust in God, he's already got it worked out for you. It's a matter of working things out. So I'll give you a a story for a second just on how business even has evolved over the last 10 or 20 years. The largest taxi company in the world doesn't own any cars. Uber. Think about that. Back in the day, you had to have possessions. Like, go out and buy a fleet of cars and then start your taxi company. No, they designed a way where people use their own car. There's no maintenance. There's no, there's no gas. They use their own car to pick people up and deliver them. The largest taxi company in the world. The largest hospitality chain in the world is Airbnb. They own no real estate. They'll use your house, and they take a commission off of it. Think about that for a moment. The idea, but I'll tell you what, it's almost like a God thing, and I'll get to that in a second. The largest media content in the world owns, has never written content, and that's Facebook. They rely on all of you to write their content for them, and some of you are writing way too much content. Just saying. See, when we, when we realize that these people that created these companies only had a plan, started a process, understood connecting people, and had a passion, then the prophets came. But in the, in the, re, in the reality, in the, in the reality of, this, of this business model, which is now thriving, by the way, they took after what people did in the Old Testament. Abraham, with one son, was called the father of many nations. In fact, God said, go look at the stars of the sky or the sand of the seashore, and that's the number of uh, children that you'll have. See, we don't take God's word for, 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 for truth anymore. We take it as hyperbole. Did God really say that? Did God really mean that? Yes, every promise in the book is yes and amen, and every promise in the book is for you. 3,000 promises. If you have a need today, you need to call on one of God's promises. We look at King David who at 17 was anointed to be king, and yet he was in the field. He was a, a young lad. He was ruddy, red hair and freckles. He was, he was uh, frail. He wasn't big and strong and mighty as he became. And yet Samuel said, you have another one. Well, yeah, there's David, and he became the one who took down Goliath. We look at Jesus who said, I don't have a house, I don't have a home, I have no family. And yet he's the ruler and the master of the kingdom. We look at possessions more than we do passion. And if we ride with our passion, the Lord said he would take care of us. And too many people, and it's not bad or it's not wrong to accumulate things, but too many people are in the accumulation business. God wants us to be a conduit where it just flows through us. And we're blessing people with, with, with words of encouragement. And we pro- I like the part of that song, we prophesy over people with our song and our singing. We need to start, church, we need to start prophesying over people. We need to start telling our young people they can do it. We need to start speaking life into our young people. And those troubled youth especially. Why? Because they've been beat down so long and so far and so fast that we need to pick down and pick them up and say, you are good. You are strong. You are educated. You're, you're going to, it's going to work out for you. Why? Because God's on their side. God's on your side. And so James, the brother of Jesus, gives us four words. And then I'm going to refer to the Psalm of David in Psalm 30 to, to counterpart our 5P spiritually of things that we can do every single day that the Lord will show us. And the first word he says is pray. Well, it's a prayer series, so we got to include prayer. But we need to pray, church. And we need to find a time to pray. The first thing James says to do is pray. Not the last resort, but the first resort, the first go-to. Prayer is our GPS system, 
I like messing with GPS. I like messing with Alexa, and I like messing with Siri, and sometimes I'll tell them thank you, and I asked Alexa the other day who lives in our house. She said she couldn't answer that question. I told her I did. We've been on vacation before, and I've asked Siri for different directions. In fact, we were in Dallas one time with Andrew and Marcus, our two sons, and Janie and myself. We had a rented car. We were looking for a good Italian restaurant. I love Italian food, Ron. I like spaghetti and meatballs, and I like it authentic, as authentic as you could find in, in America. And so Marcus said, uh, uh, Siri, where, where is a good Italian restaurant? And she said, I don't know, Marcus. Frankly, I've been thinking that myself. I was driving down the highway in Hickory. Of course, Hickory Streets, you could be looking at one street, right, and it says this, and the same street two blocks later now is a different address. It's a different street number. And so I was driving. I thought I knew where I was going, and Siri said, you need to take a U-turn. I'm not taking a U-turn. I know where I'm going. And the next street, she said, take a U-turn. And then the next street, she said, uh, take a U-turn. And then finally, the fourth street where I missed, it didn't take a U-turn. She said, would you please take a U-turn? She actually asked me, please. And so I think prayer is our navigator. Prayer is our GPS. Prayer is you communicating with God, trusting God, talking to God, and then God leading you by the power of the Holy Spirit into a right path, into a right way. If we don't pray, we really don't exist. We have to pray to God. No, relation, no relationship really truly exists without communication of some sort. And our communication with God should really be on our knees every morning. Now, if you don't pray in the morning, but you pray at night, continue to pray at night. You don't have to pray at a specific time, but church, we need to pray. And, and how many knows God is looking for a church, the church world, to pray so that he can go ahead and take care of all the things that the world needs him to take care of. Psalm 30 and 2, David says this. This is a psalm of David. Oh, my Lord, God, oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. You, I cried, you healed. Same thing as James is saying here. Let them call for the elders. Let them cry out. Let them pray, and then they'll be, what, healed. David has the key here to healing. Charles Spurgeon said this, the great preacher of yesteryear. True prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor, nor a vocal performance. It is far deeper than that. It is spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and earth. Sometimes we form prayers in our mind. They sound good, and they're good, and you pray them. Or sometimes we just think that we're rehearsing something. Lord, I need this. Spurgeon here says, wait a second, time out. Know who you're talking to. You're talking to the creator of the universe, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last the mighty rose of Sharon. You're talking to God Almighty, his son Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. You have to send appointments to talk to some dignitaries and some important people. You don't have to send an appointment with God. He's already waiting on you. The appointment's already been set. Prayer needs to precede praise. Sometimes we get into praise mode. Praise is good. We'll talk about that in a second. But if your prayer doesn't precede praise, then it's too often we go on emotion. And emotion can go up and down, right? Anybody here know emotional people? Anybody here emotional people? Uh, emotions are okay. Jesus had emotions. I cry. I laugh. I'm excited when my team wins those three times a year. I, I think I win the Super Bowl. Nebraska won. Six weeks later, Nebraska won again. Yay. But, but I, I, I hate it when somebody loses a loved one. I cry. I cry if the Holy Spirit wakes me up in the middle of the night, and, and I'm not sure why I cry. I'm excited when somebody gets a new job or a new venture. I'm, I'm thrilled with them. when they, I want it. That's community. But we have to pray. Emotions are good, but we have to pray. And then James goes from prayer to praise. That's our next word that he uses. He tells us to praise. I love, I love more than anything praising God. I really do. I, I love to throw my hands up and praise God. I love it when my answer is not yet and I can praise God. 
I love praising. I love, we were taught to praise God. In fact, we say it all the time, praise God. Man, praise God. People say, why are you saying that? Because I'm praising God. I, I love to praise God. I, I want to praise God. Let's read out of Psalms 30 and 4. David says this. Sing praises, my God. Oh, sing praises to the Lord, O you saints, and give thanks to his holy name. Sing praises to the Lord, O you saints, and give thanks. Can we praise God for a moment? Can you take five seconds and just praise God? Come on, church. He's worthy. Come on, church. He's worthy to praise God. Take five more seconds. In fact, stand to your feet and just praise God for a moment. Come on. Praise the Lord like you mean it today. He is worthy to be praised in the sanctuary of his saints. You are breaking chains right now just by praising God, just by giving God. Come on, one more time. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Why? Because he's worthy. When we praise God, the heavens open up. In fact, Zephaniah says when you praise God, he starts to dance over you. Stay standing for a moment. Think about that for a second. In fact, the Bible says when your praise goes up, his glory comes down. Woo. Come on. Church, come on. We, we, listen, the number one arsenal that we have is prayer. Number two is praise. And they don't cost you anything, yet they cost you everything. And when we, when we look for the answer, the Lord's already given it to us just in our prayer and our praise. And when we praise God before the bank account's full, before the answer's on the way, before those things happen, do you know God, our Father, stands in heaven and says, man, I can't believe they're praising God. I mean, they're praising me, and I ain't sent the answer yet, and he dispatches a hundred or a thousand or a million angels on your behalf. One more time, with everything you got, can you give the Lord a shout of praise this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Wow. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Father, we praise you right now in Jesus' name. We praise you right now in Jesus' name. You can be seated this morning. Our praise, our praise, when we unleash praise in our life, you're driving to work in the morning, you unleash praise in your car, the person next to you might think you're crazy. All of heaven think, responds with your sincerity. It doesn't matter. We got to stop thinking what people think about us or care about us we got to start thinking what God in heaven think about us and care about us. And when we take time to praise God, and you're going through the worst thing in your life, the most crucial thing in your life, and you take a moment out and say, God, I'm going to praise you in this. I'm going to be a testimony to people that are looking at me, and I'm going to praise you no matter what. However this works out, I'm going to praise you because I'm a righteous person, and you have ordered my steps. Because you ordered my steps, I am walking through this like no other, and all of heaven opens up and says, that's my son. That's my daughter. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to meet their need right where they're at. You're going through cancer, you're going through a deal, you're going through whatever, and all of a sudden you decide you're going to praise God, look out. Look out. Because God has just built a shield of favor around you. And there's not a devil in hell that's going to touch you. He, wa he wants to, he wants to make you not praise. He wants to make you worry. He wants to make you concerned. He wants to make you doubt and fear and walk in anxiety and anxiousness and unbelief. He wants those things because they become very real to us. But when we walk in our praise, all of a sudden, everything in our atmosphere changes. And I believe the Bible's true. How many believe the Bible's true? I believe the Bible's true. And if Zephaniah is right, the prophet, and he says, once you start singing and shouting and dancing and rejoicing, all of a sudden, all of heaven starts to sing and dance and shout and rejoice over you, all of a sudden, things start to take place on earth that only can happen in the heavenlies. And so we move from prayer to praise. But when we move to praise, like David says, along with our praise, we start to give thanks. Why do we give thanks? Well, it's a process that Jesus walked through. If Jesus, listen, every miracle and prayer that Jesus prayed that's recorded, he gave thanks to his father first. Mm, I'm thinking there's a key there. So Jesus, before he broke bread, Father, I give you thanks that you're going to multiply this for the multitudes. When he called Lazarus out of the grave, Father, I thank you. You're not doing this for me. You're doing this for the witnesses here. And so sometimes we go through things and we say, man, I don't know why I'm going through that. Well, because one, God knows that you can handle it. 
Two, God knows you're going to praise him through it. And three, God knows you're going to thank him for it. And four, you're going to have people look at you and say, wow, you went through it. If you can go through it, I must be able to go through it too. And so we're going to give God thanks in those times in our lives that we go through some stuff. You need a miracle, you start thanking God for that miracle. Don't thank him after him, thank him before him. That's how you get your miracle. Third word is call. So we move from prayer to praise. James said call. Call on the elders. Call on God. Call on the Holy Spirit. Call on the power of the Almighty. Call on Jesus. We need to call. Some of us waste too much time on the phone calling, talking about stuff that we shouldn't even be talking about. Spend that time calling on the Father. Call on the Lord Jesus Christ. Call on the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Psalms 30 and 5. Sing, but for his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for a lifetime. Now listen, that word anger can be construed as his test, his time, his, his, his position in life for you. For his anger or his time or his test for you is but for a moment. But his favor, everybody say favor. His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but what joy comes in the morning. See, we, we look at this moment. Oh, my goodness, how am I going to get through this? I'm, gonna, I'm just shaking. I can't eat. I'm throwing up. What's going to happen? Joy. Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> I'm going to walk in joy no matter what. I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to have the peace of God. Why is that? Because this is, what, this is how God ordained it. You, you think Jesus could have been a little worried he's going to die on the cross? You think Paul in prison could have been a little worried, a little concerned? No, joy looks, the, Paul looks over at child and says, I think we should just praise God. And the heavens opened and the jails opened, and all of a sudden the jailers fell down as if they were dead. And you know, if they lost a prisoner at that time, they took the prisoner's place in the death sentence. So the prisoners are laying there as if they are, the jailers are living there as they're dead. The prisoners are singing praises to God. The jailer gets up in Acts 12 chapter and says, what's going on? He draws the sword to kill himself. And Paul says, wait a second, don't. We're still here and accounted for. And like the, the, jailer, the jailer's like, what, wait a second, what's going on? What must I do to be saved? What a testimony. What you're going through is going to be a testimony to somebody down the road. I would, I don't, I can't think of a test, I can't think of a test that I would like to relive in my life. But I love telling the testimonies of those tests. Nobody wants to walk through that thing. But the whole word testimony means what? Do it again. 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 Or do it again. It's a testimony. Do it again. We're going to do a sermon series here in a little bit called Do It Again. Can't wait. We're going to get T-shirts and everything. Do it again, Lord. Someone's going to ask you on the street, do you like Steely Dan? I love Steely Dan. Some, the only old people are laughing at that one. Steely Dan wrote a song, Do It Again. Go back, Jack. Do it again. You know what, Jamie? Man, I knew I liked you for, yeah. Man, do it again. Every time we testify, we are simply saying, God, do it again. Just do it again. You did it for me. You can do it for somebody else. Just do it again, Lord. Would you, would you? We call upon the name of the Lord. Eli was a prophet. First Samuel, first and second chapter. Hannah has a baby. They named the baby uh, Samuel. She dedicates the baby to the Lord. That's where we get our dedication from. Well, Samuel's growing up, and Eli takes him under his wing. Although he had a couple sons, they weren't living for God. He grabs Samuel to mentor him, which, by the way, we should all find someone to mentor or disciple so Samuel's sleeping one night, and he hears Samuel, Samuel. So he goes to Eli. He said, yes, yes, master. He said, I didn't call anything. I'm sleeping. Go back to bed. So 15, 20 minutes later, Samuel, Samuel gets up and goes to Eli. and said, no, I didn't hear it. Three times that happens. Finally, Samuel, or Eli says, next time you hear it, say, here I am, Lord. Think about that. See, a lot of times when we are listening, we're not listening to God. We're listening for our own answers, our own response. We just, in our prayer time, in our praise time, we need to say the same thing Samuel said, which is also the same thing Isaiah said, which is the same thing Jesus did. Here I am, Lord, what do you need? Lord, send me. Lord, here I am. How many would say, listen to me, church, 
This is, this is a growing thought right here. This is a training ground. We have to stop going to prayer with our needs and start going to prayer with others' needs. We need to start going to prayer with what the community needs, not what just we need. If Grace Church wants to be a force in the community, we need to start praying for the community. We need to start praying for people in the community. We need to start picking up each other's burdens and each other's care. If somebody's hurting, we need to hurt with them. If somebody's joyful, we need to be joyful with them. But when we go to the Lord in prayer and those heavens open because we've been praying, we've been praising, we've been calling on God, then we need to understand that this praise that we're having, all of a sudden there's a purpose that comes with it. It's just not so we can get full on Sunday morning and not do anything with it the rest of the week. That you have a purpose in your life and a plan. Jeremiah 29 and 11, we quote it all the time. God knows the plans and purpose that he has for you. And there are plans and purposes of good things of solid things. He's going to bless you and love you, but he also wants you to give it away. He wants you to give that knowledge away. Give your prayer away. Give your praise away. Partner with somebody in the church and let them know that they can get it through. Here I am, Lord. So when we praise God and his presence come down, it forms a purpose in our life. So we have prayer, we have praise, and now we have purpose, okay? We have presence. And so when that presence comes in, it rushes in, and it feels like the biggest rush you could ever have. You, you can't explain it. You can only experience it. And when you experience it, then God has our attention, and he starts to put a call on our life. It can be a call of business. It can be a call of uh, education. It can be a call of ministry in your home. It can be a call of ministry uh, in the church. It can be a call of service. God calls us for a plan and a purpose. He didn't just put you on planet earth just to flounder for the rest of your life. He puts you on planet earth so that you could be something for God. And part of that is our testimony. Part of that, that love that we have. And so we look at prayer and praise. We look at uh, his presence, and then we, we start to form our purpose. I want you to think for a moment, what's my purpose? Now listen, purpose doesn't have to be on the platform. Purpose can be a good mom, a good dad. Purpose can be raising your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. If you don't have kids, fear can be, or purpose can be being spiritual parents to somebody. Purpose can be raising a family, a business. Purpose can be being a good employee or a good employer. Purpose can be coming to church and asking, where can I serve? What can I do? Purpose can be being someone in the community that just serves people and tries, it doesn't outserve for pride, but just as the first one to always volunteer. There's a purpose that God has on your life, and we would call it a call. But, but uh, James here is saying, call for the elders. Why is that? Because you need to get people around you that you can learn from and glean from. You need to get people around you that can, that can help walk you through some issues in your life. The last word then that, that James says is anoint. He talks about anointing with oil, but we talk about the anointing. Every person here that gets in the presence of God finds out their purpose. God starts to anoint then for that season or for that reason. You know, the anointing of God on your life is when you're walking hand in hand with God for a divine purpose. So David, who we talked about a few minutes ago, he had three anointings on his life. I'll give them to you. He was first of all anointed by Samuel. Samuel went to Jesse's house, seven boys, no go. Is there anybody left? Samuel thought he missed God, thought Jesse missed God. Nope, didn't miss God. There is one out in the field. So they get David, he's the anointed. So that first anointing is divine designation. You have a divine designation on your life. You don't maybe know what it even is right now. When David was anointed king, he didn't take over the kingship. It was 13 years later, and you wonder why some things happen to you. It's because you're anointed. It's because God's anointing is on you, and you, and you like, why does, that, why does nothing happen to that person? How can they? They're not anointed by God. The devil knows that you're anointed by God. The enemy knows you're anointed, and he wants to sidetrack you. He wants, to he wants you to think that God doesn't love you. God doesn't care. God's not, he doesn't hear you. God is all those things. God loves you. God cares. God hears you. You're anointed by God, so now there's an automatic battle. And because there's a battle in life, then we struggle sometimes and we wonder. And it's this constant continuum that says, well, I, I love God, but why are these things happening? Because God knows you can work through it. God knows you can grow through it. And God knows your anointing. And that anointing will take place. So David was, a, there was a designation of, of, uh, div of divine power. And then, then he's anointed by the elders. 
13 years later after Samuel anoints him. And that's a divine appointment. So now it's his time. He's going to be king over Israel. Not Judah and Israel, but just Israel. And so he's king over Israel for the first seven years. And, and the elders call him up, and they lay hands on him, and they anoint him king. He's 30 years old. And so there's this divine appointment. So now you fall into your calling. Again, it doesn't have to be uh, in the church realm. It could be in the business realm. It could be in, in your home. It could be washing dishes at the sink and just praising God. And all of a sudden, you're interceding for people in the church. You're interceding for people in the community. You're interceding for people uh, in foreign lands just because you're doing dishes and the power and spirit of God falls upon you. That's an anointing. Listen, you know, I, I love our worship team. Can you give it up for our worship team? I love our worship team. Love them. Thank God for them. I, 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 they're, they're anointed. I love our media team. Give it up for our media team. I love our media team. Amazing people. Can you give it up for our staff for a moment? I love our staff. They're incredible people. Give it up for our board. Our board are incredible men and women of God. I love our, give it up for yourself. I love the people in this church. Grace Church is anointed. You are, you are anointed, right? There's an anointing upon you. It doesn't matter what you do. You walk in an anointing when you start to fulfill and partner with God in his plans. And so David was an anointed, and, and he had this divine designation, and then he had this divine appointment. So he becomes the king of Israel over Israel for seven years. And then year seven, he, becomes, he gets anointed by his peers, and now he's king over Israel and Judah. But now this is divine humility. Why is that? Because here's what happens in the church world. If you're not careful and you walk in a secular environment mentality, is he, he becomes king of Israel for seven years, He's king of Israel for 40 years. He's king of Judah for 33 years. When Judah comes, would you be our king? We want you to anoint you our king too. He easily could have said, no, you didn't accept me seven years ago. I'm not taking you now when we've built a strong army. But this last one is divine humility. See, when God makes you that thing that he finally calls you to be and you walk through, you have to know it's not your might, it's not your power, it's all God. This is the Lord God. So let's read Psalms, those last Psalms 36 and 7. As for me, I said in my prosperity, and that's the fifth P if you're counting, prayer, praise, presence, purpose, and prosperity. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. This is David. But by your favor, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. In other words, God, it's not me that put, that put me here. It's you that put me here, and only you can remove me. I'm walking according to your purpose. I'm walking according to your promise. I'm walking according to your plan. If I'm here, I'm here. And that's the attitude that you have. By your favor, you've made me strong. You hid your face. I was dismayed. In other words, God, without you, I'm nothing, David is saying. I only have purpose in my life because of you. I'm only anointed because of you. As the worship team comes back, we're going to develop some prayer lines here in a moment. I want you to be considering some things. I want, to, I want you to write this down. If you, if you need things in your life, in all my life I've prayed the Psalms. I, I've, I've, I've sought the Psalms that would help me. David prayed them, worked out pretty good for David. I'm going to pray them. Maybe it worked out pretty good for me. Maybe you could pray. So here's, some, here's five Psalms you should or could pray if you're in a need. If you, if you want to give God praise, praise, uh, praise Psalms 30, 1 through 5. If you're lacking or need trust in God, pray Psalms 37, 1 through 5. If you need prayer of deliverance, pray Psalm 40, 1 through 4. That YouTube version, if you want to listen to it on YouTube, the YouTube version of Psalms 40 is amazing. Andrew sings it sometimes. It's phenomenal. And yet you can almost feel the pain that David had. But then he calls him up calls him up out of that clay. God's plan for you is to be delivered. God's plan for you is not to compromise your walk with him, but to walk in that promise. If you need protection, pray Psalms 46, 7 through 11. He is our refuge and our strength. And if you feel overwhelmed in anything, pray Psalms 55, 18 through 23. He will attend to every need that you have in your life. That's what God does. 
Here's what I'd like to do today. Stand with me where you're at. Let's read James 5 one more time, just through 16. Is anyone among you suffering? <laughs> let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. So let's see. Uh, Jason, you and Amanda can be here. Marcus, can you be in the middle? Uh, Mike and Naomi, can you help me out this morning? I know you're Mike and Naomi. Can you stand right here? Prayer people. Good prayer people. Let them pray over elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Number five, uh, 15, and the prayer of faith. Do you, do you guys have a prayer of faith today? Do you have a prayer of faith today? Do you guys have a prayer of faith today? And the prayer of faith. Listen. So here, listen to this. Listen to this. The way I read this and the way I read the scripture in Mark 3 is you don't even, you're not even required to have faith. We're going to lean on their faith for a moment. Well, think about that. Because here's what happens. Sometimes we come to church so drained, so emotional, like I can't muster up enough faith to pray for. You don't have to. You just have to come down and get prayed for. Their faith. This is what I'm just quoting scripture. Their faith. Jesus healed a paralytic man, and it wasn't the paralytic man's faith. It was the four guys who cut the hole in the roof and lowered, it and lowered him down. He said, your faith has made him whole. So if these guys have faith and they're willing to pray for you, let, lean on their faith if you don't have faith today. If you do, come join in their faith. And the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Here's the deal. Like, Pastor, I'm not going to confess my sins. This isn't necessarily a sin as much as it might be. Hey, I'm nervous about what I'm going through. I'm scared about this operation. See, in church, we put this mask on that says, I can't be honest when I go to the prayer line. You can be honest. Everything stays right with these folks. Hey, I'm struggling in this area. Tell them you confessed it. Why? So that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person. They're righteous not because they do good. They're righteous because Jehovah's sin canoe lays over them. And it's the righteous blood of Jesus Christ that works within them that when they pray for you, I believe you'll be healed. And it doesn't have to be a physical sickness. It could be spiritual. It could be financial. It could be mental. It could be emotional. It could be relational. He's talking about all kind of healing right here. So if you need a healing of anything today, you in a moment you run down here and you have one of these fine people pray for you because the prayer of a righteous man avails much. He said the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So here's what we're going to do as they sing. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to invite you to come forward for some prayer. This is the end of our prayer series. We're not going to stop praying, though. We're going to really start praying. So if you have anything that you need, or if you need to step inside for someone else, say, hey, they're not here today, but I know they need the healing. I know they need deliverance. I know, I know they need uh, finances. You come up and you get prayed for. Why? Because that's what the church is about. That's what community of believers is. Not that you have to go out of this place the same way you came in. Why not get delivered, healed, set free, whatever the case may be. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name. Lord, as, as the Holy Spirit is moving through this crowd right now, would you start to set people free, but would you allow them to come up, Lord, and agree together as James, Jesus' brother, says, we agree together, we confess our faults one to another, we're praying for healing, we're praying for deliverance, we're praying for breakthrough right here and right now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You're invited to come and get prayer today. God bless you.
Amen. How many of you appreciate that message today? Can you just uh, tell your pastor how much you hope you got your training shoes on, right? I got my combat boots on, not quite. But uh, let's take that message and just go out of here. And remember what he said about just the community. Let's not rush out. Why don't you take a moment after I close in prayer and just find somebody you don't know and introduce yourself and just say, I hope you have a great week. And if you want to encourage them, encourage them. And then when you walk out the doors, find a small group that's right for you. If it's a girlfriend's group, just grab the flyer and just mark those dates on your calendar so that you can prioritize fellowshipping with others. A lot of, if you're a new believer, whatever it is, find that group that fits for you. And uh, I'll be out there to help you get connected if you uh, need some help. So let's just close in a word of prayer and ask God to finish what he started in this place. Lord, we thank you that, Jesus, you provided a way for us on the cross. Lord, that not just to have eternal life, but if that's all you did, God, we're forever grateful. But even for this earth, for every breath, Lord, that we can live to honor you and to glorify you. Lord, that we can pray, but that we can praise, God, that we can have that purpose that you've given to us. Lord, that we can walk with that plan and that prosperity, God, that you would just put your heart into our heart, that you'd give us the desires of our heart. Lord, that we praise you, God, even before we see the breakthrough. Lord, we praise you even before we see the miracle, because, Lord, we know that's part of it. That's how we get that miracle that we're looking for. So I pray that you will bless every person here today. God, help to meet a new friend and to build this family and to grow in this community. Have your way in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.